everybody, and welcome into a jam-packed episode of the Broadway Bulletin. We have some truly great theater to talk about in this episode, so let's not waste any time. To start things off, we pick up where we left off in the West Village by visiting a new venue for us, the Players Theater, where we saw Scar Tissue. And Andrew already has his hands cupped over his mouth like he's Stefan, and... um, so I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. I, I hope, I hope we get to have this playwright on our show soon. I, I don't have words. Um, it was incredible. This is a show that I, after seeing it, I was like, uh, damn it, I, you should have seen this. It was such a powerful and poignant piece of theater. I mean, oh my God, just everything. Sitting down, it's a 30, 35, 40 seat theater. It reminded me of like a, um, a half the size of 115 where we went to school. Oh, wow. But it wasn't in the round, right? Okay. Like Theater Lab, like a 110, you know, mm-hmm. just a little black box. So it's very intimate, very small. It's an off off Broadway theater. But, you know, I sit down and I'm reading my pl- program, and the first thing you get is a letter from the playwright. And she talks about how she has these five best friends from high school, and they'd always get together and have Disney movie nights or just movie nights or whatever. And one time, she just opened up about how she was sexually assaulted. She was date raped. And then everybody else in the group kind of opened up about how they, too, like had a similar experience. And, you know, sexual assault is really common. It's not just, And it's not just rape. It could be anything. Sexual harassment, mm-hmm. groping, whatever. But you go on and you keep reading, like, from the director, from the producer, and you just realize, like, oh, my God, what are we getting into? And they've got these great things, like the natural, National Sexual Assault Hotline, and this is unlike any playbill that I've ever read. And as you read their bios and that, and you start seeing that these people have been with this show since the workshop, you're kind of like, I think I'm in for something fantastic. Well, and you are. It's a great play that at first I was like, oh, goodness, this feels like a college play. Oh, oh, what are we doing? And then all of a sudden, like two minutes later, I am I am just laser focused. I in. absolutely the the I, I, I have my playbill here because <laughs> I want to I this is how invested I am in this. I'm getting names right on this bulletin. <laughs> um, Rita McCann, who plays Sam. She starts to show she's doing yoga. And that's why I was like, mm, here we go, college play. The minute she starts speaking and the characterization she has, I had to get loser focused because this show didn't feel rehearsed. It didn't feel like there was a script. It felt like it was organic. Like this was the first time that they were saying these lines. It felt that learned and ingrained in them. It felt real. And this is exactly how... You felt like you were just walking through rooms and they couldn't see that you were there, and you were actually watching this unfold for the very first time. Everyone. But from that moment when Sam and Jess, Jess played by Victoria uh, Fragnito, butchered her name, I guarantee it, but she's also the playwright, Victoria. That's who I really hope we get on this podcast, because she needs to talk about this work. mm. Um, The minute they start talking, I was like, and before I knew it, the play was done, I was like, you know um yeah they just it was real 
The set was simple. It felt like a college set. You just had a couch and a little screen in the back, you know, which was perfect. That's all we needed. The space was intimate, which really added to the sensitivity of the subject. And the comedy and the drama was really well balanced. And this is what I tip my hat to the playwright for, is understanding that you have to have balance of comedy and drama to make both really stand out. It can't be heavy, heavy, especially with this issue. They address sexual assault and, I should say sexual violence, and domestic violence. To, hit, to do those two heavy hitters in one show, you have to have something lighthearted to balance it out. And we saw that in... Um, dealing with like a messy apartment or um, dealing with other things like the friendship issue or stuff like that. We saw that. And then they were also dealing with relationship issues, you know, and we saw that in dealing with like, I'm not drinking. Oh, but I am. I've got hidden wine under the seat, you know, for a special occasion. You know, it was really, really balanced. The story is incredibly timely and so important. And I think that's something that I say a lot on a regular episodes but i really mean it with this i mean do you not mean it other times no no i mean i do but like this one is like at the top of that list yeah because it's 2022 and to be addressing it the way that it is you know um sam is kind of dealing with the domestic violence thing her sister met a boy in high school she falls in love she marries but she's trapped in this emotionally and physically abusive relationship in fact when she comes up for what she calls a work trip you know, she's not even really dressed for a work trip. And then when she tries to do yoga, she takes off. She's always in the sweater. She takes off her sweater. And you see this massive bruise on her arm. And I found myself, like, I audibly reacted. I was like, oh. And I'm in the front row. And I just have the, I couldn't, it just comes out. I was disgusted because I was like, how can you let someone do that? How could someone do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes out, the reason why Sam really hates this guy, Josh, and see, the whole time, because of what we're dealing with on the other end, I thought it's because Josh raped her. No, Josh hit her when she was still in high school and she was engaged like to Hannah. And I was like, give him a chance. And that's when Sam told her, she's like, he hit me. He slapped me. He beat me. And you're going to marry this guy? You know, well, it turns out that Hannah has actually come up to get a divorce, to take the kids, to leave. And it's like, okay. I was a little bummed we didn't know what happened to Hannah, but again, I want the playwright on to find out all that stuff. Um, on the flip side, Jess, we find out that the guy from college, she runs into him and they start a friendship and he's engaged, but he's willing to leave his fiance for Jess. What we find out though is Jess was a virgin. She was 18. He pressured her and he essentially date raped her. She's never gotten over it. She hasn't been able to be intent or anything with anyone. She hasn't dealt with it. And what I find the most, really the most important thing that a lot of shows don't do is they point out that horrible negative thing. But Jess confronts her rapist. So when he thinks, he comes over and he thinks, oh, this is it. She's going to return to me and we're going to be a couple again. That's when she confronts him. She's like, you know, you asked what went wrong. Why did we stop talking? And she tells him, she's like, you raped me. I said no. And he's like, I don't remember that. And you were moaning to me. She said, I said no. When did you say no? I said it. And I said, well, one no doesn't mean anything. And it's like, no. One no is enough to stop everything. It doesn't matter what happened before. And it doesn't matter what happened after. No means no. That means stop. And I just wanted to stand up and applaud her for just doing that. And standing her ground. She's like, I don't want anything from you. I just want you to know. And you have to live with this. And I was like, 
going, yeah, <laughs> just it was empowering, and I was just, ah, oh, I was so just. This is the work that needs to be done because, yes, sexual assault is such a horrible thing, but I think the worst thing about sexual assault is that it takes away the victim's power, and in this play, the playwright was giving the power back to the victim. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I was like, you get it. Like, mm. Go, Glenn Coco, go. Yeah, so the other thing that I love the most, and last thing, sorry, this is turning into a full episode. But when the play was done, and we were all so moved, okay, nobody got up. Everyone sat there. Because they didn't want it to be over. We didn't want it to be over, and then we all started talking. Now, I was sitting there making my notes on my phone about the show, Everybody just started, I could listen though, I can hear the conversations where they were talking about the show and the different issues and everything like that. And I went, this is exactly what theater is supposed to do. It starts a conversation. And then the act, so the playwright played the lead Jess. She comes out and she's like, what are you all doing sitting here? Like, she was shocked. Everyone had stayed. You'd all stayed. And we, you know, so it was phenomenal. 10 out of 10, cannot recommend enough. Sadly, very sadly, this show closed on January 30th, 2022. Hopefully, we'll see it pop back up somewhere soon. Oh, God, I hope so. second show we had across the east river to another new venue we visited the gallery players theater where we saw our first show in brooklyn fugitive colors this was an interesting and challenging play it deals with a lot of hard issues including abortion and alzheimer's and assisted suicide or euthanasia um and it It offers both sides of the argument in compelling ways, but gets to the most important, like, the most important point, which is choice. Um, I arrived a little late to the show. Thanks, MTA. And you're not allowed to diss the MTA, by the way, unless you live in New York. If you don't live in New York, the MTA is the greatest thing in the world. If you live here, you're like, oh, the MTA. Um, But I got a little there a little late, so I missed the very opening, but... When I arrived, I clearly under, I saw that like basically there's these four women they meet on the second Sunday of every month. Um, you have the oldest woman, Marge, who hosts the thing. Then you have the two middle-aged women, one conservative, one Democrat, or one liberal, excuse me. And then you have a younger woman, okay? They all have different stories. They all have different histories, different baggage, okay? Four women sitting around talking about men. No. Um, but you kind of learn who they are through the play and why they are the way they are and men that have wronged them, the experiences that have shaped them and this and that. So that when what I thought was um, kind of the apex, the big issue at the heart of the story mm-hmm. came up. Um, spoilers in this part here because it's, it's only going to make sense if I kind of give spoilers. So spoilers. If you're going to see the show, stop now. Um, when the abortion part comes up and we see the two middle-aged women 
are on opposite sides and they're trying to convince the younger one what to do. I thought that was the apex. I thought that was the heart of the story. I was like, okay. But again, they present both sides of the story. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, so it's a play about abortion. Cool. Not bad. Well, there's actually two issues at the heart of it. And there's like... Well, but I think that in the way that you've described it to me, that both of those issues are the same thing. Because when you were telling me about this, you said that one of the things that stuck with you the most was... The end line. Right. Which was... um, We're going through... Yeah, let me me get to that. I know where you're going with it. I know where you're going with this. So I thought that that was the main one comes out later that the whole play Marge, the oldest one, had been saying like she's moving, she's moving, this is the last time she's going to be able to get together, la 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 she comes out and lets them know because she says I keep forgetting things, I'm like well we're all old, we keep forgetting and she pulls out these note cards and throws them down and she's like I had to write everything on note cards today, what to say, who you were, da 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 and it comes out that she has Alzheimer's and she says I can't do anything anymore I started a fire on accident I da, 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 and she's like, I've seen this with my mother. I've seen what this said to my aunt. I don't want that life. So she has decided she's going to do things on her terms and she's going to end her life. She's going to go out on her terms. And again, we see the two middle-aged women on opposite sides fighting for their point. Well, in the end, everyone leaves and then the younger one comes back. And, you know, I drove separately. They don't know what came back. She's like, I, you know, I wanted to be here. And the older woman, Marge, says, well, aren't you afraid? She says, of course. But I'm more afraid that what will happen if you botch it. I wanted to be here. I wanted to hear the symphony that you talked about. And Marge says, it's interesting, isn't it? We're both going through something different, new, whatever. And Marge mentioned when this young woman was facing the choice about keeping the baby or not. You don't know the answer, and sometimes that's the case in life. And your face, and all your life you've been faced with the path that would make, one option would always make you happy, and now you're faced with the choice of, neither, you, will, make neither will make you happy. She says, that's life, though. You have to make that decision. You have to stick with it. But it's that's life, and it's new, and it's different, and that's what makes it worth living. And I was like, this is, okay. So, I felt a personal connection because of my name. My nan had gone through some dementia, and, it, and that was hard for me. Because I, during the whole show, the, like I said, the abortion was the... And then I was like, mm, I'm picking up something over here. My radar is like, there's something going on on stage left, focus stage You know. Um, the set was very good and well-decorated. I really appreciated that. There was real food and everything. Like, you know, I don't only notice set decorations, but I was like, this is really good. Okay, detail. The lighting was decent, but it was a little unfocused in some moments, particularly like the asides. And I don't know if like the actors were like missing their marks or whatnot, but sometimes I was like, they don't, they don't seem to be in light. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a little distracting. And the show actually kind of felt like it was in the final stages of rehearsal because like some lines were being dropped or... The actors were stepping on each other's lines. So I was like, ooh, are we, are we, is this final rehearsal or are we open or what's going on? And you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to boo, boo, boo on the actors because you know what? That's the beauty of theater. It is imperfect, which means it's real. And I'm fine with that. It's in the imperfections that we love it. Um, the one other thing that did bother me though was the accents. 
they weren't consistent. They were here, and then they were gone. They were here, and then they were gone. And it's referenced in the show that they're supposed to be, like, you know, I'm from the South and that. And I was like, okay, either you got to keep the accent all the time, or you got to you gotta we stop. We don't need the, the accent isn't important to the story. Exactly, but it is distracting. So, um, but overall, the show was good, and it's a fabulous off-off-Broadway show. And I'm really glad I got to see it. I really, really am. And, and, and if anyone's looking for just, like, a simple show you know really cheap something different i would definitely like you should check out the show it's 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 different you're gonna like it tickets for the show at the gallery players theater are on sale through february 13th 2022 Uh, and this concludes this episode of the broadway bulletin be sure to tune in to our next edition coming out every tuesday and saturday also in celebration of black history month be sure to check out our social media every wednesday and friday There we will be posting information about a different influential black theater artist who has helped to change and shape the theater world as we know it. Please join us in celebrating and shining a light onto the diversity that makes our community so unique and beautiful. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Benji Menji and Billy Murray. Oh,